0: Hi, and welcome to the Sailorville Church Podcast. My name is Abe Miller here with Pat Nemmers. How are you doing? Doing well, Abe. Welcome back. Thank you. It's good to be back. We've had a crazy summer, lots of running around, different trips, ministries. Sounds Sounds
1: like all you've done is going up to northern Minnesota and and, uh, lead wilderness trips.
0: Mainly, it's just been me being gone, probably. (laughs) No, but a lot of ministry going on at Sailorville and we actually just had a staff meeting and got to hear... Some really cool stories, really and cool stories, ministry opportunities the youth have had, and other people. And yep, yep. So, today we're talking about the message from Sunday obedience. So, we're going to be talking about that. Really good, good message, really good challenge. Uh, just actually listened to the message again and um, was challenged again by several of the things. So, look excited to talk about that. But, give us a quick overview of the message, a little bit of what we're doing there, but the more like Jesus series, and then we'll get into a couple of the questions. Yeah, and I
1: was just thinking as we were talking about this before we began the podcast uh, this afternoon about how I every message I leave a lot, a lot of it ends up on the floor on the edited part, not stuff that isn't good, just I don't have time to import into the message. So uh, these podcasts are really exciting for me. So I can bring some of those really, some of them are great stories, great passages of scripture and bring them back. But the subject was obedience. I think I began the message by saying I have a hard word for a soft generation. And of course, I really wasn't thinking about a particular uh, part of our generation. I th- Okay, that's not exactly true. I mean, there is a sense in which the the younger generation has been generally characterized as very soft. And, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't think that's a fair assessment of all of them, but it's certainly a fair assessment of many of them. And, uh, you know, even the word obedience causes a lot of people to cringe. In fact, uh, I didn't share this in the message that went out on the... Um, uh, on the media on uh, different platforms, I did share it in the third service. And if our uh, if our if our tech guy here, I know he's uh, watching Tanner, we put the second service up. Didn't we? We didn't put the third. So in the third service, I actually mentioned this illustration. So I had a lady come to me. Uh, be after the second service in our church, and she gave me permission to share this. This gal is, um, let's just say she's probably closer to my age group. Uh, So she'd probably be, uh, uh, you know, a high school graduate sometime in the upper 70s, probably. But she confessed to me in tears that though she was a Christian... And uh, when she got married, and her husband and her got married in a, apparently some kind of Bible believing church, the pastor allowed her to, in her vows, she would not say, I will obey my husband. Oh my. And she took the word obey out of the vows. Wow. She goes, And I lived down to that vow for 25 years, the first 25 years of my marriage. And then God sometime in the last 10 years just absolutely slew her. I don't know if it was a message. I don't know if it was, a, she didn't explain how God got to her, but she repented and now she sees it as a word that, she, that uh, she should not ever have jettisoned from her vocabulary, much less from her life. Yikes. That's powerful. Yeah. So that, she's talking about whole, living a, a quarter of her life. Well, more than a quarter of her life as a Christian. Stiff arming as a married woman, stiff arming the whole subject of obedience.
0: Yeah. So let's go to that comment because you started off the message that way, which yeah. was kind of uh It made everybody step back a little bit, but like, what, what do you mean by that? That it's a hard word for a soft generation, and then why, why do we just struggle with obedience when we hear the word obey? Kids hear the word obey from a parent's perspective. It makes it, it makes us rear back. It makes us, yeah. you know put our hands out and say, I'll obey if I want to. I mean, explain that a little bit. Talk about that.
1: I think it's a black and white word that, you know, we, we don't live in a black and white culture. We like everything to be gray. And you know what, you make your decisions. I'll make my decision. You determine what your truth is. I'll determine what my truth is. And, and a lot of that garbage has crept its way into the church, I think and the word obey doesn't leave a whole lot of wiggle room does it i mean it just means i'll either do what i've just been told to do or i won't do what i've just been told to do and i think that's why we struggle our natu- when we say obey that is always going to go against our natural inclination yeah that's what i think
0: yeah and then from a from a generational perspective um when you say soft generation, I mean, you're, you're talking more of just the idea of we don't like it, right? I yeah. Mean, we just we yeah. want to do our own thing. Yeah, want to be our own rule.
1: Yeah, because if... I'm not looking at my notes, but if I recall correctly, my next words were... Uh, we don't like that word, but I said, but the word of God wasn't written for our like. It wasn't, you know, written to conform to our likes. It was written to convert our lives. I think that was my line. Mm-hmm. And that's a true statement as well. So I'm not apologizing for it. Um, but it, you know, ironically, Abe, it was, uh, it was an incredibly refreshing Message to many people. I mean, the response you, know, you get. Response. People come up there talking to me afterwards, and they respond. I got, I got emails from people. They were. It was like. A, it was like, ah, thank you for talking about obedience. It's like, like you've been waiting for that or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. It de- it definitely makes you. I don't know. It does make you pause because, and and you know, you and I were even talking about this uh, earlier today about, you know, we often use that word with our children. Jonathan mm-hmm. obey your parents and yeah. the Lord, right? And you even quoted that in the in the message, but we don't often talk about that from an adult perspective. Mm-mm. Like, oh wow, you know, you, you're such a he's such an obedient yeah. follower of Jesus. Like we just don't use those <laughs> phrases. Yeah,
1: yeah. It was just funny. You and I were talking, and it kind of occurred to me in the moment yeah. as you're the one who invoked the idea, and I got thinking about that. You know, you're right. When we well, actually, you were talking about characterizing a person that's characterized by obedience versus an obedient act. And I thought that was a good distinction. I mean, we, you know, there are obedient, if we say he's an obedient person, or if we say he's an obedient child, we're saying that's part of his character. He's very obedient, you know, uh, and, uh, uh, but interestingly, it really is connected to children because we don't say, well, he, you know, you you don't, you don't talk about your friends being, yeah, he's really obedient. (laughs) Yeah. You know, we talk about something totally different. We might say, we might use other words, but we don't say that.
0: Yeah, he's a mature Christian. Yeah. He's following the Lord. He loves Jesus. Yeah. But we never would say. He's, he's obedient. Yeah. <laughs> it just sounds funny,
1: doesn't it? Yeah. And, and it's interesting because the word does, it does convey. And see, for me, for my big my big takeaways were in the word meanings. that The word, what they were conveying, if you'll remember, apakul, means, uh, it means to listen under, literally. But it conveys, it carries the idea of a child looking up to his parent. And it also conveyed that, and this was a big thing to me coming off to a different, was it, it was used of, of somebody responding to a knock at the door. And you and I were talking about that as well. You know, mm-hmm. you, you pushed back and said, well, you know, what if you don't want to go to the door? I said, well, that's probably true. There are salesmen that show up at our doors that we don't want to go to, but it doesn't matter. When we hear that when we hear that knock, we instantly respond. We instantly drop what we're doing to at least consider going to the door. And I think that's, that's very instructive to me.
0: Okay, so take that illustration. And like, how does that play out in... Real life, like if we hear, you know, if God prompts us to obey, or we're we're called to obey, or we read in Scripture to obey, we have a choice at that point, right? Either, yeah. Either we're gonna do it, we're gonna be obedient, or we're like, no, I don't want to. Not today, Lord. I don't feel like it. I mean, what what's going on in our hearts and our minds there, and then what's causing us to obey or not obey in the moment?
1: Yeah. Well, first of all, I do think we go back to what we said at the beginning. I think that the word "obey" is in our vocabulary; it's a black and white word. I, I either do it or I don't do it, and uh, so again, it kind of rubs against our natural inclinations to just be submissive and obey. And I think if the Bible is clear about something, obey your government. We get ooh, hate that, but we are called to obey our government, our governing authorities, right? Unless they push against our conscience, which is against the word of God, you know, on certain black and white things. Otherwise we're to, we're supposed to be obedient and, uh, uh, obeying the laws of the land, things like that. Uh, uh, but I, there's different kinds of obedience. You talked about testimonies earlier today. I'm not going to, I'm not going to name drop, but I am going to kind of give a, a, you know what I'm talking about, Abe, but I, I don't want to take this away from the individual who shared it. It was very powerful to all of us. Uh, a certain individual in our, on our staff of 25 plus people in our greater meeting today uh, talked about uh, being on a vacation recently. And while they were there, uh, a relative, uh, uh, they found out that a relative was in trouble, uh, not doing well spiritually. Let's just kind of put it that way. And they sensed from the Lord, they should drop what they were doing on vacation and drive, I don't think I'm exaggerating to say, hundreds of miles Mm -hmm. in the opposite direction, going through an entire state to get to another one to visit them and, and, and confront them about their walk with God. And I mean, all of us sat there like, oh my goodness, you did that? Mm-hmm. Well, what was that? You could say, well, that was him following the Holy Spirit. Yeah. You know what I would say it is? I think he was being obedient. I think he was obeying God. I think I think God was spoke to his heart and he realized I didn't have to do this. He could have called them. He could have done it all on a phone conversation, but it wouldn't have been nearly as impactful as driving hundreds of miles to meet with his relative. Uh that's a different kind of obedience. That's following God. There's not a chapter and verse that said, You stop your vacation and go see your brother-in-law. Mm-hmm. But when the Spirit of God leads us, then there's another act of obedience that we have to obey. My wife is really good. Like you've heard me talk about this before. My wife will be having her time with God, and God will bring somebody to her mind. I mean, the next thing you know, she's grabbing a card, she's picking up the phone, she's getting her car and she's going to them. And I marvel at that. To me, that's another form of obedience that we we need to we need to get better at. I need to get better at that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, this this whole topic seems like there's so many levels to it. Cause like even, even the message was more of a, you know, um, obeying God publicly or being evangelistic or sharing Christ, you know, being risk takers. But then there's also like the private obedience, right? So like the the stuff that nobody sees, which is a whole nother level mm-hmm. of obedience and um, what I do in private, just between me and the Lord, there's obedience there. Nobody sees it. And then there's also, then there's like the public obedience where we, that's where we would look at somebody and be like, well, that person is obedient, right? They're mm-hmm. following. So I guess, I guess the question there is how do we, what's the difference between those two things? Can we, can we be disobedient privately and obedient publicly? I mean, like, I don't know. That's just an interesting concept because I think we've, you know, be, don't just be, um, hears of the word, but be doers of the word. So, like, there's, like, the private. Publicly, I can look like I'm really following Jesus. Yeah. But privately, I could be struggling yeah. and not being obedient. Yeah. I don't know. I don't even know if I have a question. It's more just a thought there, like, just kind of wrestling through that.
1: Well, we just heard uh, from someone just the other day who said that, um, well, actually, now I think about somebody, uh, somebody dear to me I was talking to just the other day. And they confessed that they hadn't been in the Word for about three weeks, not with any regularity. And and this individual said, and I've really had a crappy last three three weeks. And and my wife called me out on it the other day. And and I thought to myself, we just I mean, even privately, you don't get away with it for very long. Mm-hmm. And even people that are single, you can kind of tell when they're struggling. They just they're just a whole different aura about them when they're struggling with being, you know, just being obedient, sometimes with our characters, you know, sometimes it's, there's just all kinds of areas, like you said, and different levels of disobedience. You know, I, I, I do you mind I'd like to read that quote from Oswald Chambers. I don't know if that meant anything to you. Maybe it was just me. I didn't have a I didn't have a bevy of people coming, oh my goodness, that quote from our Oswald Chambers. I did have a few that did. Was that at the end of towards the end? I did both. I did it during the message and I made everybody read it again during the Lord's yeah, table yeah. time. And here's what here's what Chambers wrote. The golden rule for understanding spiritually is not intellect, but obedience. Spiritual darkness comes because I because of something I do not intend to obey. Watch the things you shrug your shoulders over, and you will know why you do not go on spiritually. I I remember reading this like a hundred years ago. Okay, because I actually I I cut out the quote from some magazine and stuck it in one of my older Bibles in the flyleaf. You know, you I had like. Five quotable quotes in the flyleaf of that Bible, and this was one of them. Just to let you know how important it was to me, because mm-hmm. that little that little phrase, "Watch the things you shrug your shoulders over."
0: Can you relate to that? Can you relate to that, Abe? Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that's a that was one of the things I was challenged by even listening to it again. It was just the asking myself, "What do I shrug my shoulders at? Mm-hmm. What do I am I not sensitive to? Yeah. What have I deemed as?" you know, in my mind, I think it's not a big deal or it's it's sinful. And I've just become numb to it. Yeah. um, Whatever that is. Or I justified by saying, uh, I'm not gifted that way. Mm -hmm. So I don't have to be obedient that way. Right. Mm -hmm. Or like my, my role, even at church or whatever, even my son asked me the other day, he's like, what's your why? You know? And I told him like kind of what I do here at church, you know? And he's like, well, that's your job, but like, (laughs) what's your why for your life? like what do you what do you exist for in a sense you know and so i think i think that that whole idea of what do i shrug my shoulders at i think it we all have to answer that question and and say because because i you you've talked about this before about like you know we'll hide behind the things
1: we're, we're not yeah
0: that that were well, let's, you know, for you, you know, evangelism, let's talk about evangelism. Well, that, you're you're really good at it. God has gifted you that. So it's easy for you to talk about. It. Okay, well, let's talk about the things that, you know, we don't want to talk about. Or, Abe, hey, let's talk about administration. Like, oh, yeah, Abe, you know, you're good at that. And that's what you're, we should be organized, you know. And we don't want to talk about the stuff that's behind the curtain. Yep. Where I'm not obedient, right? Because yep. those are the things that, well, like, oh, you know, that's not big of a deal. i would shrug my shoulders at yeah. that.
1: F- for me, it's loving my wife. Uh, you know, husbands love your wives. That's a that's a command that I have to obey. But the specificity of that isn't like, you know, you know she. You know, there is the the context as through the washing of water by the word. So I get that. My time leading her spiritually, I'm pretty good at that. But man, there's a lot of areas that I just sometimes I shrug my shoulders at ways I. Easy, simple ways I could show more love to my wife in the given moment. And I got to quit shrugging my shoulders over it. I got to be more responsive to the spirit of God and the word of God to be obedient. And that gets back to areas that nobody else sees, you know?
0: Yeah, we would never know that.
1: You wouldn't know that. You didn't know I shrugged my shoulder. My, I, I, I'll bet you I my wife knows. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, because on Sunday, we see you guys, and you guys are happy and talking and loving each other and, you know, interacting with people. I mean, everyone would say, oh, yeah, you guys are great, What you do guys have a great marriage. But, like, yeah, that's the private versus public, right? You yep. you would look at that and be like, they're great, but, yeah, privately, yep. you would say, yeah, I shrug my shoulders. And I think that's the part, too, you look at all of the areas of obedience that the Bible talks about. There's so many different ones that we would all be able to say, well, I'm not doing real well at that. I shrug my shoulders at that one. Or we point to the people who aren't doing well
1: in it. Like I'd rather talk about the things my wife is shrugging her shoulders at, loving her husband. Yeah, <laughs> I mean that's kind of yeah. the way it is. That's where yep. human nature works, right? And so uh, that's a way I, you know, that's what I keep asking myself and trying to charge myself in recent days. Like you know, I gotta, I, I've got to concentrate on the area God's calling me to be obedient when it comes to loving my wife. I'm just using that one as an example or you know if if you're dealing with a kid or a, somebody you love who's being disobedient clearly so you know i think every time we look at the disobedience of somebody else i need to be looking back at the mirror more often than i probably do
0: yeah yeah i think that's super that's super challenging and convicting um so so what what is the what is the mark of a disobedient heart versus a, an obedient heart i mean we we were just talking about how we would maybe say somebody is disobedient versus obedient what is that what does that look like i mean even even privately if we you know people listening to this like am i an obedient person am i following jesus or am i disobedient like what would be the mark of that what would be something that you would, you'd say hey you need to take some serious consideration if you you know you shrug your shoulders you shrug at those certain sins or you you don't you're not quick to confess or you're not quick to repent in those areas or you just push them off like that that should cause us to pause right and go something's not right here because you talk about like because I love Jesus therefore I obey mhm if my heart says i don't want to obey i want to do my own thing like that that should be a warning sign to us that says yeah. something's something's off on some level
1: well, I think you're also getting this whole area of what, how is a person characterized by obedience? And I think if y- y- the people that are characterized by obedience uh, are just obviously so. You ask them to do something and they do it. You know, it, it, you think about the people that you would like to, you'd like them to do something, but you hesitate to ask them to do it because you, you just expect to get an attitude. Well, what is an attitude? An attitude is, is a heart that isn't right. Right? I mean, isn't that kind yeah. of what it is? Yep. And, uh, and, I, and when you were saying that, I, I, my mind went to uh, Romans six seventeen, where the Apostle Paul, in this classic passage of Scripture, dealing with the doctrine of sanctification, he says in verse uh, 17, but thanks be to God that you who were once slaves of sin have become obedient from the heart to the standard of teaching to which you were committed. So I, that little parenthetical line, you know, you became obedient from the heart. In other words, he, you could take that out there. You became obedient to the standard. But he, he he says, not only did you become obedient, but you did it with the right attitude. And uh, I think that's how we got to You should judge yourselves by the whole shoulder shrugging thing. Do I shrug my shoulders when somebody asks me to do something? Uh, when I'm asked to do something, you know, uh, we are an elder led church. You're one of the elders. I'm one of the elders. I'm the lead elder. So, you know, you often say, well, this isn't going to happen unless you give it your, you know, you give it the thumbs up and I get that. But I also realize that I have to be submissive to you and to the other elders when, when I make a pitch and I, I get that, this is, I don't like this, or I don't think we should do this. Or you might just flat out say, not a good idea. You know, in me, I'm thinking, what do you mean it's-? It's not a good idea, but I think if I'm submissive, and I, I that's it's my heart's desire. You're the best judge by my reactions. My heart's desire is to be willing to say, "Okay, I get it. It's not a good idea. Let's move on."
0: Yeah. And
1: I think if I think I'm obedient, then when I do that, and if but if I'm pushing back, it's it never looks very good.
0: Yeah, and what's the end goal of the obedience? Is it for Pat and to look good? Is it for me to look good? Or is it for the glory of God to look good, right? So, like, what's best for the church? What's best for the the people of the church? What's best for the staff? I mean, that would be where we would say, I want to be obedient, and you want to be obedient, so that God's glorified in whatever that is. And I think that's, ultimately, that's what's driving the obedience of everything, right?
1: Yep. Uh, Colossians 3, whatever you do, do do it with all your heart, Mm -hmm. as unto the Lord... And not unto men,
0: yeah. Which is the private and the public side yeah. of things, because it, yeah, publicly I can look really good, but privately I'm, I'm not. Yeah. So that's, yep, yeah. that's good. What, what would you say to the person who's struggling though with obedience? They're just struggling, or they've, they've committed the same sin, and they c- continually commit the same sin, and they're just, they just feel defeated, right? Like, you, you make it sound so easy. Like even at the end of the message, you're like. Listen, God will give you the strength to do it You know, and it's like, you can quit Or you can yeah. be obedient, like, just do it You know, and, and I, I think there's people out there That are saying, yeah I know that <laughs> I've heard that, but I'm struggling Like, I feel like I'm just Defeated, I feel like I'm having a hard time obe- Being obedient, I feel like a hard I'm having a hard time obeying my husband Or I'm having a hard time obeying My my mom and dad Or my boss at work What do, What do I do? What do I do at that point? I think you need help.
1: If you if if you're stuck and you can't get out and it's been that way for some time, you need help. And we, uh, the uh, the two of us, along with the rest of the elders and directors, were were um, were given a task today by me to listen to the latest of uh, the in the uh, rise and fall of Mars Hill with the interview with Tim Keller. And Tim Keller, the last 10 minutes were very powerful. I mean, Mm -hmm. just here he is, this ailing man who's giving godly advice about leadership and whatnot. He Remember, he says he invoked Hebrews 3.13, encourage one another daily. And uh, I think the only way that can happen is if there's real community in your life. So if you're listening and you say, that's me, I'm the struggling wife who... I struggle submitting to my husband. I'm the struggling husband to love my wife. I'm the struggling kid to obey my parent. I'm the struggling employee to obey my employer. You know, I'm the struggling uh, American uh, to uh, obey my government when it's, you know, so corrupt and all of this. You need help. You need a community of people around you. You need the church, the Bible-believing, gospel-preaching church that, stands unequivocally and unashamedly for the word of God. And you need a, and not just general, don't be that person who sits in the, sits in the nosebleeds and takes it in and goes home. You need community, whatever that church's community is called, be it small groups, be it community groups, be it cell groups, be it, you know, we have uh, all of our engaged churches have different names for their small group system, but they all, they're all intended to do the same thing encourage one another daily. You got to have somebody who's speaking into your life and say, dude, you are not walking like you are. Your attitude stinks. Mm-hmm. Somebody who, you know, where is this coming from? That type of thing. I think that's the answer is you need somebody in your life to exhort you.
0: Yeah. You, you said in the staff meeting today too, you talked about um, essentially, you know, when you, when you step away from the Bible, when you step away from your time with the Lord, like you're in big trouble, mm-hmm. you know? And I think that, I think that's applicable for this as well, you know, like, which you obviously, and we all are, you know, spending daily time in the word, you know, you start you start to withdraw from your time with the Lord and reading. I mean, I, then, then you start to think your own mind, right? I've got the best plan. I've got the best perspective. I know what I'm doing. I'm now in charge. Yep. And the Bible's not, I'm not coming under the authority of the Bible. Mm-hmm. And then I think it starts to, I, I've seen that in my own life. I've seen that in my own life, where you know you start to think like, "Well, I've got it," which you know, it's just arrogant and it, it, it's a lie that says you you can somehow figure that out. To, um, and I, and I think as as more you spend time with the in the Word with the Lord and with community, I think all of those things are coming together to help you have perspective and say, yeah. "I'm being disobedient right now." You know, if I'm reading Scripture, like, okay, I'm obviously not following this. I'm not obeying what Scripture is telling me to do, mm-hmm. whether privately or publicly.
1: And maybe this is a good thing to end it on because the truth of the matter is, Abe, as you were talking, what came to my mind were all, you know, first first thing that came to my mind was just all of the blessings of Bible reading. And Revelation 1 says you're blessed just for reading the word. I mean, I want blessings, so I'm going to read the Bible, you know. And uh, But Jesus said you are already clean because of the word. Uh, again, to the husbands love your wives. You know, through the you know the sanctifying power of the word, uh, Paul said to the Ephesian elders, "I commend you to God and to the word, the word of His grace, which is able to build you up and give you an inheritance amongst the saints. How shall a young man keep his way clean?" you know, by taking heed according to the word, you know, Jeremiah said, your word I found and I did eat it. And it was unto me the joy and the rejoicing of my heart. And then Job says, I've I desired the words of your mouth more than my food for the day. I mean, how many more reasons have we got to give you to be in the word? But I, I was thinking along the lines of the meaning of the word apakuo. Remember I said, I even kind of demonstrated it in the pulpit. You know, I said, it pictures a child looking up, To his parent. It it literally, the word literally means uh, listening under. So you're listening under your authority. And when you're reading the Bible, you become that child striving for a characterized life of obedience, looking up to your ultimate father and saying, I will obey. Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah. And what, and what are the benefits of that? What are the benefits of saying that?
1: I think joy. I mean, I know that this, the old children's ditty is, I mean, the the little songs we, we all remember, I I sent out a memo to the church families. Remember, O-B-E-D-I-E-N-C-E, you know. Uh, Keep going. (laughs) So obedience is the very best way to show that you believe and it gives you, you know, you know, and, and and it does give you the joy. And Jesus said, you'll be happy if you do these things. I want happiness. Yeah. And he uses the word, I think it's the word makros. It's the Greek word, which means happy. Uh, if you know these things, uh, John thirteen seventeen, happy are you if you do them. So audience listening on it, you want to be happy? Know Jesus and obey.